Welcome to Café Con Science, this is Nico. In today's episode, we welcome a new member of the Latino Labs crew, Kami, and we talk a lot about her research. Disclaimer, the episode is a little bit more jargony than usual, but it is very interesting, so I encourage you to listen. I also wanted to take 20 seconds to thank you for listening to us, and thank you for listening to us while we are figuring things out. We have played around with a few formats, as you know, in the last few months, and we think that we have found something that you will like. So hopefully, starting next week or the week after that, we'll start putting out episodes in both Spanish and English, like we used to do. So thank you again. Don't forget to subscribe and support us at patreon.com slash latinolabs. So why don't we start by um, asking you to introduce yourself, because not even everybody here knows who you are. Yeah. Um, so my name is Camilla. Uh, I also go by Kami. Um, Alina and I went to undergrad together. So this Whoa. is a fun little coincidence. Um, so I did physics in my undergrad, but wanted to do some more applied stuff for grad school. And now I do uh, 3D printing for cartilage and just general tissue engineering. Um, so I'm doing a PhD in material science. And yeah, I really like it. It's really interdisciplinary. It lets me work on physics and chemistry and materials and other stuff. <laughs> and cartilage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Can you, so you print cartilage? No. So what we actually do is we um, 3D print a scaffold that provides the mechanical integrity for um, cartilage to be able to grow. So stem cells are usually guided by their environment and not only their biochemical environment, but also their mechanical environment. So the 3D printed scaffold provides that mechanical environment. So the stem cells are really happy in there and feel like what it would feel like to be in cartilage. So then they start to differentiate into cartilage. Oh, so, okay. So stem cells can turn into whatever they want to. Kind yeah, of thing. And yeah. where you're trying to trick them into thinking that they're cartilage. Exactly. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's influenced by the presence of other tissue to become that new kind of... How does that work? So, um, full disclosure, I mostly work on the materials 3D printing aspect. Yeah. So I'm co-advised by a chemical and biological engineer and an electrical engineer where in the electrical engineering lab um, we built the 3D printer um, to have kind of very specific uh, technological properties that we can use. For example, it has really high resolution and we can um, change the resolution because it's custom made. Um, but then people in the chemical and biological engineering lab help me and guide what the environment is supposed to be like. So the stem cells usually um, are in your blood and it's what allows for different tissues in your body to regenerate. However, those tissues are gonna influence the stem cells by giving biochemical cues and then whatever the strain profile in that specific tissue is, is gonna form those mechanical cues. So then we introduce the stem cells into the scaffold and that scaffold is also going to have a hydrogel which is going to provide these biochemical cues so it's going to have growth factors and it's going to have other things that are going to tell the cells like please be cartilage <laughs> and then um and then the 3d printed structure is going to provide that strain profile where the cells are going to be like okay this kind of feels like cartilage and then go towards that direction our ultimate goal is to work on preventing arthritis so um when you injure your cartilage which is pretty scary. Cartilage doesn't regenerate because it doesn't have 
have a blood supply. So cartilage can't get stem cells. It can't get like the nutrition that stem cells need in order to regenerate. So when cartilage is injured, it's gone, which is very sad. Whoa. So And that's arthritis? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry for those people who didn't know but this. You have, you, have, you have to think, like, you know, like, we're really into lasers and, like, nanoparticles here. Yeah. And, and, and really the big sun. things. And really big things. And the sun, <laughs> right? And so, so this is really fascinating. So I, I, have, I have many questions. But anyway, I'll try this. Cartilage doesn't grow. Go. Yeah. Sorry. So then, um, uh, but cartilage is usually connected to bone. Like, articulating cartilage is connected to bone. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a scaffold that fixes that interface that interface between cartilage and bone. So what's really cool about the structures that we're trying to create is at the top gives the mechanical and chemical cues to create cartilage, but then the bottom of the scaffold gives the chemical and biochemical cues, I mean the mechanical and biochemical cues to create bone. So then if you injure your cartilage in order to prevent osteoarthritis, we can put in this scaffold into that osteochondral interface and then the bone and the cartilage can be regenerated and kind of replace that injured cartilage. Osteochondral interface? Yeah, so osteochondral. So uh, osteochondral, not means... conjugal, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 because like anything in conjugal, maybe the bone and the cartilage, you know, have a relationship there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sure all the words came from some Latin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they all derived. Yeah. So, so that interface. Okay. Yeah. And what happens to the blood? You said that um, the cartilage needs, the stem cells need supply. Like, yeah. Yeah, to be able to, to, to build themselves. Yeah. So you put it there, and then do you, like, pour blood into it or something? Well, no, we put in, like, like plants. we put in um, growth factors, and we put in kind of... Um, so we allow the hydrogel to be degradable by what the cells release. So then the hydrogel begins to degrade and becomes a part of the cartilage. And then in the bone area, there is blood flow yeah. that goes to the bone. Um, however, there is like some other ways where people are trying to prevent osteoarthritis. One of those ways is just by kind of punching a hole in the bone to have some blood go into where the cartilage tissue was before. Because the idea is, okay, well, if we put stem cells like where the cartilage was before like they'll just go into that um, tissue environment and just become cartilage but what ends up happening is because they it's so soft like blood is really soft it's a liquid uh, it doesn't <laughs> yes yes we know that one right okay. so um, it's so soft that they're the mechanical environment isn't right so they end up creating something called fibrocartilage so it's like scar tissue so it doesn't perform as good of a job as cartilage would cool yeah it's cool i've really enjoyed it thus far doing prelims in two weeks that's easy it's okay <laughs> this is a person that's way beyond that beyond, yeah. I, I don't remember very well but i'm uh, no i was uh, it's a very stressful time what is nice is just after the week just after is the best it's amazing yeah you're yeah. not expected to do a whole lot and then you think that you know things for like a week <laughs> yeah. pretty much Okay, no, uh, I mean, you know, thank you. That was, that was very good. So this is from the material science department. And then, again, you focus in the 3D printing of the material, the scaffolds that will allow for the stem cells to grow. Yeah. And then that is probably just some kind of polymer that then you, like, engineer the strain and the nanostructure, well, the microstructure. Yeah, and you just plop it into an arthritic person. Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's two projects that I'm actually working on right now that both try to regenerate cartilage. One of them is the 
osteoarthritis project and preventing that. And what we do there is we kind of, um, we try to fill a critically sized defect. And what that means is that after a certain um, size, cartilage and bone will just not regrow, like not even into fiber cartilage or anything like that. So we are we have been doing it in explants. So what an explant means is that you take it from an animal model, you kind of like punch a hole into the knee of an animal. Okay, I'm this sorry. sounds this sounds very yeah, this sounds very pleasant so far. Please continue. Yeah. So and then that is considered to be an explant, and then we create a critically sized defect within that cartilage bone explant, and then insert um, the structure that I've created, insert the hydrogel with the stem cells and all those growth factors, and then see if we're able to regenerate cartilage. So this is in the in the knee of of some kind of animal. Yeah, it would be an explant. So we do it um, as an explant because we also want to kind of have a little bit more control over the variables. I'm sure so you're all you familiar with that. What is an explant? So, so is that like as opposed to a transplant? Yeah, it's um, oh. or as a so it would be just pretty much taking the knee of an animal and then doing like a hole punch, like a biopsy punch. And then you take it out. And then you take it okay, out. Okay, 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 you take it out. And then you can use it in like a- In the lab. In the lab. Okay, okay. And we put um, a load on it. We're able to load it uh, in a compressive mode. And what that does is it simulates what a knee would do, which is compress that structure. What animals have? So we use you're, what, you're, you're a cartilage cows, expert, yeah. pigs, um, currently, I'm also working on rabbits, but the rabbit project is focused more on the growth plate of the rabbit. So to give a little bit of context, um, when you're a child, you have a growth plate in your long bones, which allows you to grow. However, if you have an injury to that area, if the injury is big enough, that cartilage, um, if the cartilage injury is bad enough that cartilage dies and bone is put into that place. So then your legs aren't able to grow anymore as a child. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to model that in a rabbit where we resect the bone and we put in the structure that I create to then reform that cartilage. And then the rabbit in our case is able to continue growing. And then this would be applicable in um, pediatric growth plate injuries. I just had a question about 3D printing and then the engineering of the strain. Do you need to, like, it's just a polymer and then by, like, a, when you print it by printing in different, like, maybe temperatures, then you engineer the strain as it cools down, or how do you do that? Um, so you do that basically with the material. So um, usually the elastic modulus or the compressive modulus or Young's modulus is a very inherent property of a material. So you choose your material based on what um, mechanical properties you want. Uh, something that I've been working on is a lot of 3D printed uh, parts don't match the properties of the bulk material because inherent. What's the bulk material? Okay, so if you have um, just a piece of polymer, well, it's previously monomer, that, that you then polymerize <laughs> using light and some sort of either photo initiator or using heat and a thermal initiator, it turns into a solid. And then when you test the mechanical properties of that solid, you get a specific number. But then when you 3D print that monomer, you don't get the same properties. Oh. Mm -hmm. Because it's a different... I mean, it, different conditions will impact, so it's almost like a different material. It could also be your size is small. So part of my thesis was actually exploring like size dependence, young models. Yeah. But 
So, but very small. Like, <laughs> like really small. Mine are not that small. Mine are in yeah. the millimeter scale. So yeah. Yeah. you can like, see them. That is you huge. can see them. <laughs> yeah. That is huge in my in my in my scale. Um. So what some of the work that I've been doing, I just submitted a paper about, is to try to get those properties to match what we expect in the bulk material, and then um, therefore the properties are more predictable, and then you can use them for tissues that if you want a certain strain, and if you want a certain elastic modulus, you can use a polymer that um, we can engineer to pretty much come out with the same mechanical properties. Cool. All of those moduluses are how numbers that describe how the material squishes or like stretches in weird directions. Um, I haven't heard Young's modulus since like <laughs> physics three. <laughs> hey, it's a useful number. No, yeah. You haven't dealt with the Young modulus of the sun in a while, I guess. Mm -hmm. no. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you know being a fluid and all. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not applicable, I guess. It's also soft. Very. <laughs> very, very soft. Um, no, no, let's go. It's the first episode we do when we invite a new person. It's been like really cool to talk about your research. And I guess, um, do we have any more questions for Camila? Or like, or, you know, about the research or should we just go to like talk about life? In material science. <laughs> I asked my questions. I, I now know what arthritis is, so I'm like, you're good. <laughs> um, She's set for life. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I have life. <laughs> so, it's good. Yeah, so materials, the material science program actually is pretty. It's pretty new. The PhD, right? It's like uh, you might be even part of the first cohort, second cohort, probably. Um. No, so we've had some people that have graduated. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, that have gone their PhD. Uh, the first few people were kind of almost like a pilot material science program because they were interested in doing a material science PhD, but all we offered at the time was chemical engineering. So they were um, kind of in the midst of that program being created. And then by the time they graduated, the program was already um, established. So they were able yeah. to get their PhD I remember in material science. When I was looking at schools, I was looking at material science programs and there was not one here. And then after I joined the physics program here, then I went to a poster session to celebrate the beginning of the material science. I remember like 2012 oh, wow. or something. Um, That's crazy. You want to know something? I was starting college in 2012. <laughs> what? Oh my god. And Nico feels very old. <laughs> um, well, you know, it was a cool poster session. <laughs> Food was good. Um, he remembers yeah. it like it was yesterday. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a very cool program. So, you know, because it's like, has like, engineering people but a lot of chemistry and yeah i think some physicists definitely mm -hmm. there. Well, you guys pick like a home department right like yeah you you oh you pick one mm -hmm. yeah. oh well it's not like you get to pick it you pick an advisor who is inherently in a home department so you kind of get adopted into that department um in terms of kind of social situations like you get pretty close with that department um, I think that's actually my favorite part of the program, that you're able to choose what professor you work with, you're able to create collaborations among departments, um, and you're able to be here in Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I get that you like Boulder. I mean, not that I don't, sorry. <laughs> just, just, you know, there's always a... It is a question. 
It is. It is a question. It is. It is always. It depends on how long you've been here too. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely an interesting place to be as a Latinx person because I think you definitely have to build a community when you're here in Boulder. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about it. Speaking of which, part of the, not the homework I wanted to chat about today, but we'll chat about tomorrow is actually, there was a series of articles. No, the next, next, next time, next time. I guess we're not doing this every day. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, there was a set of articles in the Daily Camera, which is the local journal, um, on um, on the experiences of, uh, I guess, non-white people in general uh, in Boulder. The, I, li- I really liked the first one, and I wanted to chat about that one. And then how does that relate to the experiences of, of our Latino Labs crew? Did you read it? Yeah, oh, I read, read that article. Okay. Just by chance? Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, you <laughs> I read as much like as that. I could. I, I, I get. I mean, I'm old, right? So I get. I get the newspaper on Sundays. <laughs> and so, so I read it. I read it when he got with me on Sunday. I want to support local journalism. Yeah, that's it is important. That's but anyway, um, this actually brings us kind of to the to the end of today's session, though. This is this is as long as we have for the coffee break. So I guess we'll is we'll it? tune in for that. Yeah, we'll tune in for for the next one next week, and then we'll just continue. There's always so many things to talk about. Yeah, but we should we should talk about the articles. It is like an interesting topic. Yeah, I'm very I'm very much looking forward to talking about that article. All right, so we'll talk about it next week. So you have a reason to come back. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming all the way here from engineering. I know. It's so far Long away. Long and treacherous. I know. It is. it is very hot outside, but yeah, it's like 300 meters. Everybody should say goodbye. This Bye, is Alina. Everyone. Uh, this is Alina. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. This is Gawa. I'm Andrea. <laughs> I'm Kami. And uh, we'll, oh, hopefully you'll hear from us next week. Goodbye. <laughs>